Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spandex makes me horny. <laughs> no, for real. I'm serious. This is Jess. Jess Petting. You don't know who I am? <laughs> Get the fuck out. Got a patch. Drag is the new What's going on, everybody? Pat DeBear here, and we are back. It is another episode of The Pit Stop. I am filling in for Bob the Dry Queen. No? No? Wrong place? Okay. Goddamn. One day, one day, they'll just have a random fat homosexual roll up on The Pit Stop and just host it. They won't. But hey, a girl can dream in this Pride Month. We are back to talk All-Star 7, the season that just keeps giving us more and more treasures and just pearls of amazingness that we want to share with you. So joining me on my rotating cast of characters for this season, this has been fun. I've actually really enjoyed doing this this way. In the past, we've done like Oral and I would do the recaps, uh, the recaps, I should say. And those were great. And then Eric and I or Eric Bryan and I would do them. And they were always fun. But there is something new and exciting about doing the recaps this way and bringing in new voices, voices that you haven't heard all that often, uh, like BJ when he was on for one of the uh, recaps. It, it's just been a good time. So my guest today has been name dropped a couple times in uh, recent episodes. And has been the reason why I've watched certain things like uh, the Lizzo show on Amazon Prime and uh, made me jealous because uh, he got to see Lizzo perform recently. So, you know, I'm just, just slightly jealous. But joining me on this episode, longtime listener, first time co-host, Jamie is here. Hi, Jamie. Hello, Pat. Thank you for having me. How are things? How are things over there? Things are good. I am 
too old and fat for it to be as hot as it is, but otherwise, I'm Girl. just excited to talk Drag Race. I'm, listen, I'm right there with you because there is a damn heat wave that is rolling through Chicago right now. It is 98 damn degrees. I walked outside and all I heard was, give me just one night, una noche. And I just, I, I had a, I had a run. I had a run. Oh, no. Oh, see, I live in San Francisco. So if it goes above 70, then I'm sweating. Also, if it goes <laughs> oh. below 50, then I'm freezing. San Francisco makes it soft. Oh well, I mean, I get it. I, I I'm I'm envious though. That that sounds like a good temperature range where I would thrive in. Fair I enough. don't know if I'd be able to afford to live there, but then again, I don't know if I can afford to live in Chicago either. <laughs> and we're making this work. So you make it work. I make it work. Mama's house down boots, like oak. Is that all out of your system at this point? No, no. Wow. I'm sure it'll come back around later. <laughs> well, as most of these episodes go after the first recap, we just end up spending some time at the beginning chatting about the season in general because, I mean, you and I talk a lot about yeah. these episodes as they come out. You and I talk a lot in general, so Fair. I technically know what you think. But for the listening audience out there, um, what, are your, what are your thoughts? What do you think about AS7 so far? So I love the format. I love that nobody goes home and we get to spend the whole season with all these queens. Um, I wish that that didn't translate to, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all, all the time. Because that's starting to get a little bit old. Some Sometimes they're not great. And it would be... It feels weird for them not to ever acknowledge that on the show this season. There's only been one time that I can remember that there was a... And it wasn't even like a, a super harsh negative critique. But it was a not glowing um, adulation from the... The, the cast of characters on the judging panel. And that was in episode one when they mentioned that Trinity didn't know the words that she wrote and didn't which, lip sync. Which was sandwiched between glowing praise about that performance, even though she clearly did not know the words and still somehow won. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I... That's the only thing where I'm like, mm, yeah, like I, I I remember there one the one little bit of not a me like that was like the A minus critique. It wasn't the you know A plus plus, but it also wasn't like anything super bad. I'm sure that part of the the way that they got all of these queens to come back was to t let them know that they were not going to get any like bad edits. Well, but I. The the bad this season is still like a B. We're not we're not yeah. talking about failing performances. But there's some where As far as we you, know. Fair. Uh, there's <laughs> some where you can tell that the edit has been kind just from what we do see. And some of those snatch game performances, yes. Yes. Which I am I kind of wish they would do that more in the regular seasons. 
but it doesn't need to mean you don't ever acknowledge when somebody didn't do everything right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, has there been a standout episode challenge or performance for you so far this season? I mean, and Judy why was Gar- it James Monsoon snatch game? Right. Judy Garland is, will be the thing that everybody remembers from this season. I actually listened the to her candy podcast. sandwich. Exactly. Steak and eggs in between two pork chops. I fed a, I used to make it for Liza when she was cranky. I mean, the the bitch told a Dean Martin cocaine joke that is 70 years old at this point and still had everybody dying laughing. <laughs> is this my camera? Yeah, that that was unparalleled and they should they should retire snatch game. Nobody will ever outdo that no no they, they, it, oh, it just it was amazing it was amazing has there been a standout for you on the runway um there have been a few that i really like there's not been anything that took my breath away the way that they gasp at everything that comes down the runway this season um Honestly, one of the best looks I thought of the whole season was the one that Raja made during the ball. Yeah. Yeah, Which, that was fantastic. You know, I know there was a lot of discussion about her John Waters, uh, Olivia Newton, John Waters look being the reason that she wasn't in the top that week. But I do not care about either of her other looks. That one should have put her in the top. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen my my thought of what I'm seeing more and more as we kind of go through the season is the runways don't matter. I mean, the the ball challenge is different because that is the challenge. Is the three the looks challenge. are the challenge. But um, the so if the if the performance in the challenge is amazing, it the the runway doesn't matter when the challenge is the runway, like in the ball. Um, in the case of the ball, one stumble can put you out of that contention. But I'm with you. Like, that was just, it was so good. And her Vanna White realness was amazing. Yes. And I I just, I, I, what I'm noticing is when there is somebody who does well, if they are blocked, they get put into the top no matter what. Yes. For the drama of you are top two, but you get no star. So where I think in that episode, who was the top two with Trinity? Jada. Yes. And Jada, I think Jada deserved Jada shot on the top. Yeah. Jada killed. The only thing, the only thing I didn't like were the shoulder things. I mean, I'm amazed that she made it and made all of that in the time allotted. But it took me right back to the the Stars and Stripes runway from season twelve. I could see and that. And I didn't like those. Yeah, I didn't like those stars on her shoulders then, and I didn't like those things on her shoulder this time. The look was amazing. But let's so be honest, I would never be like her shoulders were her showing out and like, look what I can do in a day with no pattern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. So she deserved that. I think it could have been a toss up between Trinity and Raja for that second spot. But with Trinity being blocked that week. That put her over the top. Yeah, I think it was more for the the drama. And it just and it it led to the whole like Raja going 
another week without being put in the top. I think so, you're right. And I think, honestly, Trini- Trinity's uh, two-for-one look wasn't any better than Raja's. Like the RuPaul Charles II or whatever. Yeah. It was dumb. And it just looked like a drag queen and some Victorian bullshit. Yeah. Um, and actually, I think I might be wrong. So while there are people at home screaming at their their podcast devices, I think that was the one Trinity actually did get her star because she yep. was blocked from Snatch Game the week before. Right. So I think it's kind of that whole thing of like, oh, it's it has to deal with the plunger. Like, yeah. there's a lot of tying in the plunger because if if the person blocked isn't, if it doesn't do anything, what's the point of having it? The platinum that plunger. That type of thing. Gold for some reason. That's definitely gold. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it's it's kind of like um Survivor. And especially like the most recent two seasons, they've added in a lot of new things. And they don't it's a lot of like uh oh, what does Brian always call it? The the loaded gun theory where like if you show a loaded gun, you have to fire it. Otherwise it doesn't like what's the point of having it? It's kind of that same thing with this. If you use it and that person isn't blocked it doesn't get put in the top two did it ever really matter and yes. i mean we're we're not seeing it a lot jinx and trinity are the only two that have been blocked and been top two afterwards so we'll, we'll see how it all plays out but now that we've talked the overall consensus of the season let's go ahead and discuss what we're here to discuss and that is episode five of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star Season 7, the Legendy, 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 Legend of Winners season? No comment. The Draguations. What's that? I'm no comment on that. <laughs> Legendary Legends nonsense that you do. I mean, you know, it just keeps on getting weirder and worse every time I do it, and uh, that's why I like it. So I will tell these you, I are listen, sorry. I listen to every podcast at 0.5 speed, and it's even funnier <laughs> when you do that at one and a half speed. That just made my day because I've just imagined people out there listening at one and a half speed and just getting a getting a chuckle out of it now. So I appreciate hearing that. So this is the graduation uh, commencement speech episode. Where the girls are uh, giving funny yet emotional and uplifting supportive speeches at a at the drag you commencement ceremonies. Perfect. Before we get to the challenge, though, the girls come back into the room, and Mona Exchange has been blocked. She is salty. And uh, manages to somewhat go along with this telepathic communication that Shay is doing to her about the secret power of the plunger. Before we get to the power of the plunger, though, can we talk about the effort that it took for her to walk in with that toilet paper stuck to her shoe for a C-minus joke at best? That I had to rewind it to even figure out what the joke was because it was not good. I mean, at least she was committed to the gag. True. Nonay does commit to the gag. 
she does and that's what we appreciate about her so they i i'm what is this tipping point what is the point where this cracks and they just go oh there is nothing to it i am going to say it is the week that jada gets blocked because she will because you know jada's not gonna keep up with anything yeah i thought y'all said there was some shit that went with this and we'll we'll just be confused by the whole thing, which I I'm falling so in love with Jada since all this season for that very reason. I I never disliked Jada on her season, um, but yeah, her the, her personality and there is such a different energy and vibe in the workroom. I don't know if it's because of the no eliminations. Which, if you listen to our, what was that, season 14 episode, where I said I was mad about the fact that nobody went home for so long in that season. But they started off telling us nobody was going home. So, yeah, I like that. And if nobody goes home as part of the game, great. If the game is supposed to be eliminations, why are there 75 episodes of the show when there are only 14 queens? For real, though. And then RuPaul lying to us where she says, I'm not going to save nobody. It's up to the drag gods. And then she proceeds to save people left, right, and center. Over and over. Just repeatedly, repeatedly doing it. Anyway, I'm not I'm not here to rehash my grievances with that. It's chocolate. Uh, but... No, no, no more chocolate. I, I, I'm not even going to... I can't. I can't with the chocolate bars. Dumbest idea since All-Stars 1. (laughs) Oh, wait. The teams or the she-mergency siren to tag yourself into the lip sync? I I think you can pretty much just tie a bow around that whole season. It was just a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. And then All-Stars 2's with the possible exception of this one, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. Best season ever. So they learn. I'll say season six of all stars was a really strong season as well. It was, but it still had some of those filler Queens, which this season does not. And all stars. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, yeah, I see your point there. And honestly, but even, and I mean, aside from Serena Cha-Cha, uh, aside from her, even, like, I was happy to see, like, almost all of the queens. I mean, I'm not a Eureka fan on the show. Sweet person. And I enjoyed working with her and, and talking to her as a person. I like Eureka. Um, on the show, I've never much cared for her. But even Eureka, I'm- like... W- when I saw the cast, I was like, this is going to be a very weird season. And and then I, I really enjoyed it so much. But yeah, AS2 and AS7 really are just standout seasons, standout casts, 100. and just so full of moments that will continue to live on in in our our drag race pop culture infamy and vocabulary. And if if I don't turn around at some point during the day and go, Jesus Christ! To you know, oh my god, something going on. You'll have to stress. 
No, I I think maybe that should be the lesson for the World of Wonder crowd is that the seasons where they change the format up tend to be the best seasons that they put out. So why are they still sticking to the same tired? We're going to do a girl group challenge and then a musical and that the same pattern for all of the regular seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I I I hear you there for sure. So after some chitty chat, it's a new day in the workroom. RuPaul comes in and tells the girls that they are going to be giving commencement speeches wait, for the drag. Wait, we, we cannot talk about what the challenge is without talking about how Ru- RuPaul fell down and hit her head. And <laughs> what happened? What happened to make her think that that look was okay? I don't know what you're talking about. That is my outfit for Pride this year. Well, that tracks, but this is RuPaul. <laughs> Ma'am, the shade, the shade of it all. Yeah, that outfit was something. Knee-high boots, harem slash hammer pants, and is that a Grace Jones like top? I like it was, what who was a blazer with no sleeves and no shirt underneath. This is a sixty and it was like cinched. Yes. What uh like uh, somebody looked at that and said, This is okay to put on camera. And that person hopefully is standing in line at the unemployment office in Burbank. I don't think so because they still showed it on television because they could have found some way to edit around that if they really wanted. That, that is true. They have done those those workroom intros where they completely cut away from Rue for the entire explanation, where you know she has dubbed it over. They should have yeah. dubbed it over. Yeah, I. There is some like there is some musician or artist that comes to mind when I see that top blazer. Sure. You're right, and I don't know who it is. I feel like I feel like it might be like maybe I'm thinking Grace Jones. Maybe that is who I'm thinking. I'm not positive, but somebody out there, please uh at me on Twitter and uh let me know who I'm thinking of because I see it in my mind's eye, but I don't know exactly who I'm who I'm thinking of at this moment. At this very moment. So yes, in that outfit, RuPaul tells the girls they will be giving commencement speeches. At uh, the Drag U graduation ceremony? Some graduation ceremony with the Drag U logo in the front of the podium? Yeah. And in my head, all I can hear is Ginger Minge going, that really was a rough spot. Right? Didn't Drag U <laughs> get shut down at the same time as Trump University? Like, why do we keep coming back to this? <laughs> there, there are not I people- never had that big of a problem with it. I so I came to Drag Race after Drag U had already come and gone. So going back to watch it, I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When so I don't know if we've ever talked about this. What was your first season of Drag Race that you watched? Like when it was actually happening. My first season was season six because I am a longtime drag fan. And for the first five seasons, I kind of used that as 
a reason to be too snobby to watch Drag Race. Okay. Because I was like, this is a reality competition. This isn't going to be real drag. But then I was familiar with Bianca from New York. And because she was on season six, I had a period where I was stuck at the house for like three weeks in a row and binge watched the first half of the season, which it was halfway over by the time I got into it. And then watched the rest of it live for season six. Okay. So you came in at the height, at the pinnacle, at the epitome of uh, the Drag Race franchise. Which, in, in fairness, my opinion. in that same three weeks, I also watched the first five seasons. There you go. Okay. So you got yourself all caught up at that point. Yes. By the time season six ended, I was caught up to everything that had aired. I am still caught up to everything that has aired, by the way. I even watched Italy. Speaking of rough spot. Oh, girl. That really was a rough spot. I I got two episodes in. That's about all as far as I've gotten in Italy. Yep. I got to get ready for Philippines. Oh. I got to get ready for France. How are they doing That's Philippines and Manila Luzon is not one of the judges? Because she's doing Drag Den. She got her own drag competition show in the Philippines. Yeah. I don't know which came first. It feels like just the wrong move on everybody's part. And don't get yeah, me wrong. I don't I, know if they but I wonder if they I wonder if they if Manila inked the deal to host Drag Den before World of Wonder pitched or or got the like got went through with doing Drag Race Philippines. That's entirely possible. And then yeah, and then it was like, "Oh, well, Manila's not able to do it." But then Jiggly um, is your solution. I I love Jiggly Caliente, but she should not be judging anybody else's drag. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. And then you got Nikki Doll over in France. They've got a girl that is got eliminated like three episodes in hosting France, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, at least Brooklyn made it to the finale. Right. You know... And then you got, yeah, you got Nikki Dahl, who was the second eliminated in the fourth episode of whatever season she was on. Because, God, I don't even remember anymore. They got, everything after season eight kind of blurs together. Yeah, yeah. The top queens in each season are usually pretty, pretty easy for me to identify where they go. The first half of the season gets a little murky. I would say that's true for me through season 12, and then the last two, I have to think about it, even to remember the top queens. Oh. Well, I mean, that's also during the the panorama, and everything just blends together at that point. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't blame anybody for not knowing. I'm completely blanking on who was even on season 13. Wait, 13 was... Was that that was Gottmik, Rosé, Simone, and Candy Mule's sandwich. Uh, and then 14 was the top five. Yes. The top 18 that went to the finale. Yeah. Five years from now, I will not remember anything about season 14. Except that it took forever. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. So back to this episode and the dragation speeches. 
the girls are sitting around uh, starting to get a feel for what their vibe is going to be in their speech, including uh, witchiness, uh, ethereal beings or cult leaders. Um, there is just a ruckus aplenty. And Shea Coulee having absolutely none of it. And okay. her face... The visual of Jinx and Jada playing their instruments and then Evie doing that wacky waving inflatable arms flailing tube man dance in the background could not have been edited more perfectly. And Shay Shay was over it. <laughs> so good. So good. I was half expecting Shay to put a no smoking sign on her head and sit underneath a table away from everybody else. Yes. A la Laganja Ishranja in season six. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So, it, it, and Jinx is hilarious even when she's shading Monet. Oh. <laughs> love it. I love it all so much. So the queens get to get advice after probably about 12 minutes of getting to write, sit down and actually start writing. They get to bring their material to the main stage where they are getting critiques and commentary from Ms. Carson and this week's guest judge, Nikki Glazer. I am not a big Nikki Glazer fan. Are, do you enjoy her comedy? So Nikki Glazer is one of those people who I have been aware of being a famous comedian for ever, it feels like, but I don't know that I've ever actually seen her perform. She's very pretty, though. Yes, yeah, same. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I yeah, I don't I don't know much about Nikki Glazer aside from her name. Also, why was Carson the the like family member for this one instead of Ross? Wouldn't that have made more the sense? The Shilarius Ross Matthews? Yeah. Who who also has that like touch of sincerity to everything he does. I just he feels like he would have been the much better choice for this challenge. Which I'm sure it had to do with availability and all that, but it was his off day. They they they, they alternate every uh, every two days. He was too busy. I I don't with Drew Barrymore and his wedding plans. Uh, probably, probably. But they the girls get to go out and give a bit of their set, their speech, and get some critiques. I I don't know about you. And I'll, I'll ask for your opinion in a second. But I, I didn't find there to be a lot of helpful critiques in the critiquing portion of this of the show. I agree. And I would say that some of the advice given, again, I am a middle-aged homosexual with a lot of opinions and no actual experience or expertise, but... <laughs> Same. Like, the, the advice that... Nikki Glaser gave to Trinity. No, it was to to Monet on the cadence of the mouth wiping joke. I thought she was totally wrong about that. I thought it was funnier with something else after that. And there were a couple of yeah. those. Where I was like, yeah, that doesn't seem right. It felt a little bit like, and and 
I, I think when we talked about this on the, the season 14, um, like the season recap, I it, it felt like the Michelle Visage note to Lady Camden, where she was like, that's just too much, too many times for the like talking yeah. into Ross's asshole joke. Yes. And I was like, when it was edited, I thought it was funny. I agree. And she still read her for it again. Which I I can forgive Michelle Visage for not giving great comedy advice. This is a professional comedian. True. True. Yeah, I see your point there. I still I still want to shade Michelle Visage when I can because it's fun. Oh, shade Michelle Michelle Visage for any reason you want. I will not argue. <laughs> she was super sweet when I met her, though. I I can't I can't be mad at Michelle Visage. She was she was absolutely just the sweetest I, when, I, never when I met, met her. At her but I ran into her at DragCon, and she is tiny. She is. I mean, she's smaller than me, and I'm short. I'm five eight, and she was like, yeah, she is a a. a tiny petite little woman when you see the cutout at drycon of rupaul and michelle visage where like you can stick your head in and be them that's like life size where you need it there's a step stool behind the rupaul one because rue's like a good fucking six foot twelve yeah but michelle visage is like five four she's tiny tiny and the only reason i ended up go ahead I was going to say, the only reason I ended up in Michelle Visage's uh, line to take a picture with her and buy merchandise was because it was the opening like remarks for DryCon. And I was on the floor because I had my press badge and I made my way up towards the front. And I guess I just ended up in the area that was Michelle's line. And security was like, um, if you're going to stand here, you have to get in, either be in line for Michelle Visage or you have to go somewhere else. And I was like, well, fuck it. I'll just buy a Michelle Visage t-shirt and <laughs> take a picture with her. I mean, so I can stay here. Those residuals aren't paying what they used to. She needs the money. <laughs> no, I, her song uh, "Track 7 on the Bodyguard" soundtrack from nineteen ninety two is not uh, still making her that much money. Yeah, I don't think she's raking it in from that anymore. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> enough Michelle massage. Period. Michelle. Uh, <laughs> Michelle Visage. I'm going to Valentina it up here. So they get all of their advice. These was air quotes on, on the advice from the, uh, the the panel of Carson and Nikki Glazer. Mm-hmm. And we get ready to hit the runway. Oh, first, first, can we talk about the mislead edit that they gave Raja through this whole process which when we know nobody's going home and they're not going to say anything bad did that mislead anybody like we knew they that still would need to misdirect yeah it, it they felt, are still going to try to misdirect you wherever they can it, it, it feels like a wasted effort this season for real for real. No, you're not wrong about that. But we get to the runway. The lights flash. RuPaul enters. What did you think of this dress? Because I think RuPaul looked great in her gay pride themed sleeping bag.
where is where, where is Big Dipper soundboard with Jada going shady bitch? <laughs> no, I I it it had it looked like it was made out of that material they make sleeping bags out of, but otherwise I didn't mind it. I didn't like the bottom. From the waist up, I thought she looked fantastic. I agree with you on the that the material looked like sleeping bag. The bottom of the dress looked like a sleeping bag for sure. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's and then that was the bear pride flag. She needs to look good from the tits up. Because she's not standing after that initial shot on the runway. No, because then she gets to put her sweatpants on and sit behind the the desk. Which I'm bitch, I am mad about that. Do what you gotta do, girl. I yeah, I loved it. I loved the dress from the waist up. I thought the top half of it looked fantastic. And then the Bear Pride sleeping bag that she was in from the waist down was was not my favorite. Yeah. But, but otherwise. Uh, Saudi can't knock them out of the park. I mean, true. True. Most of them are hits. There are some misses, though. Yep. And this was half of one. But it's so, fantastic as usual. Yeah, I mean that's that is the focus, and that is what what needs to be uh, needs to look really good for, especially something like this, an episode like this where the challenge takes place on the main stage, and there are so many shots of RuPaul and the panel doing her fake laugh. Needs to look good from the waist up. Yep. Yeah. So we go to the graduation. How do you feel about these types of challenges? in a COVID world where there is no audience except the panel of judges. Well, in fairness, a lot of them didn't have audiences pre COVID. Like there were only a few where they brought in an actual audience for this type of a challenge. No. They all had audiences. Really? Like, they would, yeah. Maybe it's only the ones where the audience reaction becomes part of the storyline that I remember it. But I don't feel like it's that different for most of these without an audience. My see the thing with when you do a challenge like this where there is there is comedy involved, playing to a quiet room hurts a lot of the jokes. And then like, you've got RuPaul overacting. I don't, I don't feel like the roasts, for instance, I remember there being an audience, even if there was one. Because the yeah. laughter that we're hearing is the other queens and the panel of judges. I challenge you to this. Go back season 12 or earlier when there is a roast or a comedy challenge on stage. And they do a lot of, po- like, there's a lot of editing where they edit in laughs or silence, um, depending on how they want the set to look. And, and by look, so I mean definitely, definitely when they've done stand-up comedy challenges, there's always an audience. But I feel like these stand-at-a-podium challenges, if there is an audience, they don't, unless they something happens like again, Dave, the the veteran from that killed Judy Garland, heckling Ben de la Creme. Unless something like that, I happens, feel like when he fell asleep. Yeah, and I feel like they can edit a judge looking bored in just as easily. Yeah, there is there is ambient laughter that whether or not it is room laughter that they're getting or reusing throughout the 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 episode that is 
it just is it's missing for me there's a little something in these in these uh roasts comedy challenges in the draguation speech i'm gonna lump in with like the comedy challenges because we kind of alternate season by season whether it's a comedy thing or a roast because like all stars four had the roast of lady bunny um then you had like season five was the comedy challenge a comedy club challenge right um so they, they they kind of alternate season by season, but go back and watch a a season filmed prior to COVID really taking hold. Um, so anything AS five or season twelve and before, and find one of those episodes and just kind of give it a listen and like watch it, or even so like watch it with your eyes closed. Okay, so you're not paying attention to who it is. And just kind of hear that ambient laughter because they will pump in extra laughter or they will recycle the laughter. But when there's nobody else besides the judges, they can't really recycle that laughter. Or I mean, they can if RuPaul's off the screen and they just have her have her cackling and, you know, flailing her arm about. RuPaul's I think she did that this episode. The, the laughter herself. So, yeah. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. But even so, on like a lot of those older comedy challenges, I feel like the judges had to be like it was tamped down because there was extra noise and extra laughter and extra audience participation in the the room noise, where now it's like that's the only thing you get. Right. And it it throws it off a little bit. This season didn't necessarily have to worry about it as much because they're just cackling for everybody. And they, they had <laughs> all the again. sitting behind them on stage the whole time. So they had their laughter as yes. well. Yeah. And normally they're off to the side. And in the early, early seasons, they weren't even on the stage. Right. Although season five's roast, they all were standing behind them in a line because they were like, you don't get chairs. Right. Um, <laughs> season six, they were finally like, okay, you guys can go sit off to the side somewhere. <laughs> But we get to the speeches. We're not going to go through them all individually because we don't need to. But I am going to ask you, who were some standouts for you in this challenge? Well, I mean, the obvious answers are Raja and Jinx because they they absolutely deserve to be the top two. But there were a couple of others that I could have seen an argument for, frankly, swapping out Jinx. Because I I worry that at some point it's going to get old just watching Jinx run away with this season. Um, but I mean, not for me. <laughs> I I 
I fear that I don't think it'll happen. Um, and when we get to the runway, I think that makes more of an argument for it. But I think um, Evie kind of hit the challenge better than anybody else. And I say that because she picked a topic that we all know RuPaul is going to eat up. She wasn't that funny. I mean, guru. Right. <laughs> uh, Evie, Evie was a little too earnest with hers. I think that is probably why she didn't end up in the top, but I thought her speech was fantastic. The pratfall I could have done without, but that was, it's a comedy challenge. So fine. Um, and then the Vivian is the one that I feel like the internet thinks should have been in the top two, but I was so glad that she wasn't because I felt yeah. like everything about her performance, even though she performed it really well, it was all recycled material. Yes, I agree with that. Um, I, I thought it was hollow. Yes, it was platitudes. It was, it was drugstore therapy type of stuff. Like it, there was nothing that was earnest, heartfelt, or because she was playing a character. When you play a character, it can sometimes be really difficult to connect to the heart of what you're talking about. Right. And when you're part of the challenge is to be earnest and kind of uplifting, there was none of that in Viv's speech and it was all just so generic well it it you was know. like missed the note about it needing to have some sincerity to it because i yeah. don't if there was a point to it i don't remember it i i don't know if they really stressed it so much but i think with it being a commencement speech and maybe they maybe they went into it a little bit more with the the queens and like off camera maybe but i think there is an inherent earnestness and kind of like motivational aspect baked into the fact that it is a graduation commencement draguation speech and maybe that's it's what sharing me. life lessons Maybe that is what bugged me about hers is I didn't feel like even if it had been all comedy, there wasn't even a comedic beat about it. Some type of advice. Like yeah. it just felt like she oh, was playing a drunk. Yeah. And it, it was more of a roast than it was a commencement speech. Yes. You know, and, 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 and I, <laughs> I didn't, I, it's weird because I didn't dislike Shay's speech, but there was a little part of it coming from the aspect of like, oh, I was popular then and I'm popular now, didn't hit that mark for me personally. I thought well, there were some really good parts. I feel like there's, I forget who said it, but there's an old trope about good looking people being happy isn't funny. Mm -hmm. And I think that was always going to be a tough sell. That said, Shay had the funniest joke of the night. About the John Hughes film. Oh, God. And I assure you, it's not because I'm black. That was phenomenal. That was yeah. Uh, yeah. I liked I liked Monet's speech. It 
it it was I think it was earnest enough. The jokes were good. There was just a little something missing from it. See, I think in a regular to put it in the top. I think in a regular season, Monet's speech would have been edited a little bit differently, and she would have been at the bottom. I think the oh, the, I mean, her the pick falling out of her hair would have definitely been edited to look worse. Absolutely, and I I feel like. I've always kind of thought this about Monet because I was actually familiar with her from New York before she was on Drag Race. Monet is a really funny person. I don't think she's a particularly good comedian. I think she is way funnier off the cuff than she is in any of these challenges where she's supposed to be funny. I think it's a mixed bag because there are some things, and, and this was a little more written and like she prepared it where some of her improv can tend to be funnier, like you're saying, off the cuff, kind of rolling with what's going on. But I, I still enjoyed her, like her roast of Lady Bunny from That's AS4. Her. Yeah, she, she, it's, she's inconsistent, I would say, at best. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. And I love Monet, and, you know, but... Me too. But, I mean, you look at those challenges... Watch all of those challenges back to back, and you will see a roller coaster ride where you're like, "That was great. That wasn't great. That was amazing." Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you can kind of say that uh, about every type of challenge with Monet. Like there, there hasn't yeah. been anything where she has consistently been good at. Actually, I think next week will be where she gets her second star because anytime she has to sing, she's although talent show notwithstanding um anytime they, they did her dirty on that one she she knocks it out of the park yeah she can write lyrics and she can sing and she can perform so yeah i could definitely see her being a, a top a top two all-star next week for sure yeah any other any other standout or low lights since we kind of we've kind of mixed the uh mix the convo so so Trinity is one that I feel like you have to talk about because I feel like the parts where she was Do being we? earnest were so touching. And then she slipped into that drag queen voice and I just wanted to shut the TV off. Like every time she put it yeah. in, I just got irritated. Yeah. 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 I don't think I could say it any better than that. I, I I may not love Trinity, but the the parts where it was her story, that that hooked on phonics joke. I don't know why they were all fucking cracking up. Like I don't know it, how much they paid everybody to laugh, but the when she was talking about her grandma getting sick and having to to drop out of high school and how you do for the ones that you love, like that, yeah, that that hits home. That hits home for all of us, and that's the point of it. Is what to she, have that. What she failed to do is add comedy to that. It was like two different yeah. speeches just got mashed together. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but just remember, I got hit by a fucking car. That's all you need to remember. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Again, they could have just skipped the season and crowned Jinx. She is running away with this thing at this point. I mean, honestly, and, and 
Raja's um uh was uh be nice to be nice to people, especially if they have money. Money, yes. That was great. Also be nice to poor people because you never know when a camera may be lurking to capture your good deeds. Yes. <laughs> that was I I enjoyed Raja's like Jinx's was amazing. Ah, oh, fucking amazing. But I loved the way that Raja broke it down into like, here are these five pieces of advice. Yes. That was and then had these little segments, had jokes, because you you tie it all into one type of speech. Like, I am this wise elder. I'm gonna impart this wisdom upon you. And then you can kind of each of those spots, each of those those pieces can have a different tone to it, but all still tie together. And it works so well. And her delivery is just was just fantastic. There were some parts she she maybe was a little stuttery on. Sure. Very little, but you could tell that there were just some little points where she had a almost like she was like, I'm gonna do this without looking. Oh wait, no, I gotta look at this real quick. Yeah. But it but it all worked so well. And then honestly, like Jinx's conversation about the body remembers trauma, even when the brain tries to suppress it. So just just my own brain trying to find some fault with Jinx. The bit about the witch at the beginning. I mean, I, I assume that they got a prompt that they needed something for graduation, and that's just what she had. So she had to acknowledge it. But that part I could have skipped. I mean, like, that's it's become such a thing that's not like her thing. It was so put on. I think it's I, I, I want to say that it was a Trixie thing that has really just kind of become. Oh, yes. With I, for some reason, I remember there being a bit about Trixie calling her a swamp witch. Yes, yes, Trixie. I'm not a swamp witch. <laughs> and then she, and then she, what was it? She uh, spun around, cackled, and flew off into the moon or something. Like, there's a whole Trixie <laughs> setup with that that just became this encompassing thing around Jinx that was never a Jinx thing. I mean, she kind of is, but it was this whole. I mean, she practices witchcraft. I heard this on her podcast today that she actually does practice witchcraft, but she sees it as an extension of therapy, which I thought was kind of brilliant. Oh, was this on high drinks? Yes, I, I had to listen <laughs> to one where she interviewed the veteran that killed Judy Garland. I saw that she had him on as a guest. And it just, oh my god, it tickled me so much. I love the fact that I think right around the same time that that episode dropped was DryCon. And um, Dave went and saw Detox while wearing a Jinx Monsoon t-shirt. And uh, Detox posted a picture of Dave on her Instagram. And I loved it. I love that. Oh, Dave. Oh, Dave. So, we get to the runway. The runway prompt is veiled it exclamation point. There is no exclamation point, but I, you know, I feel it needs to be there. Let's start with maybe looks that I don't even want to say didn't hit the. Okay. No, there were some looks that didn't hit the mark. What were some of the looks that did not hit the mark for you? Okay. First of all, some of these Queens need to invest in Merriam Webster because 
they don't seem to understand what a veil is. That said, those were not the ones that I necessarily thought were the worst. They just didn't meet the brief. I'm. Which were your least favorite? Well, we'll just even go that. What were your least favorite? It's going to be a controversial statement, but I thought, notwithstanding the gag with the the butterflies in the back, I thought Jinx Monsoon's look looked like something they would make on a design challenge. Aww. I mean, the, the veil was cool, yeah, yeah. but the rest of it just looked like one kind of fabric with some flowers stuck in it. Okay, you're entitled to your opinion, and, and it can be wrong. It's fine. I mean, <laughs> again, middle-aged homosexual, no real expertise or experience. The fact that this I is mean, the time I've been on a podcast is mind-boggling. <laughs> I I I won't disagree. It wasn't the it wasn't a show stopping like the dress itself wasn't. Oh my god, I've never seen this before on a runway. I did love the butterflies holding up the veil though. Yeah, the butterflies like, that was cool. just and frankly, I if they had not praised it so much, I probably would have just thought, oh, this is fine. It's a jinx look. <laughs> True. Any other any other lowlights from this runway for you? Um, why did Monet have a birdcage on her head? <laughs> what does that have to do with Veiled It? I mean, there was that weird, know. like, red piece of fabric she had on when she first walked out, but that isn't a veil either. I mean, that was the closer thing to a veil. Um, but it didn't even, like, it didn't even go with the color scheme of her outfit. No, it's like she borrowed something I, from Trinity. That yeah, I, I think I think that was what uh who was on this week's pit stop? Manila. I think Manila may, may have said the same thing where she was like, Yeah, she's like, girl, can I just get a yard of fabric? I'm gonna put it over my head. <laughs> yes. I also will say Monet has got too much ass to wear a peplum. I mean, I just love the fact that she went back to the peplum. Like she is like peplum is my thing this this season. Because the um, because the first one was crowning cool. look, a <laughs> oh. popular opinion maybe, but I like the on crowning look. I don't know. I like that I like track the, jacket I, with that yeah, the, the execution was not great. Everything from the neck I feel up, like she just great, but that yeah. track with oh, the okay. pep one was just weird. I. Uh... I feel like she took the peplum, uh, the the harness peplum from that outfit and painted it blue and put it on her head for the challenge. That would not surprise me. That is the resourcefulness of a drag queen. Right, right. If it wasn't stoned again, I would say I'm 100% certain that's what happened. But, but with the stones on there, it, yeah. yeah. She just invested in a lot of uh, harnessy peplum pieces in the cages. Um, I did love the fact that her shoes matched her outfit. I yeah. watched this again before we recorded, and I was like, I didn't notice it the first time because I wasn't paying as much attention on the first watching. And her shoes are matched a hundred percent to the outfit with the color scheme and all of that. So I did like I mean, that. It it was a gorgeous outfit. It just did not have anything to do with veiled it, which probably then, wasn't the actual prompt they got. I mean, it was probably like veils. Yeah. 
because you can't like if you're gonna have something like veiled it, you have to you have to get them to know to have a veil included. Did they? Even though the twinners did not. <laughs> well, and so and the funny part is um, when I think I think it was on the pit stop when they were talking about it. They were talking about how like when you have birds and you want them to go to sleep, you put the you put a cloth over them, and that oh, was uh, like over the cage. Yeah. So I used I used to have um, a cover for my dog's cage that I tried to like follow that reasoning. It does not work for dogs. Some because uh, I have a dog guest in uh, the house who has a blanket over his kennel for such a reason. <laughs> really? Yeah. It, it Kevin never it never worked for him. Uh, but I also love the fact that the internet um, tied it all back to Monet doing Maya Angelou and uh, oh, the cage bird saying. I did not even make that connection. If it was unintentional, it's feathers. a fabulous bit of serendipity. I don't think it is. She's wearing feathers. She is a caged bird. I, I don't oh, know. I knew it was a bird look. I, I would like to think that she was that smart to... Uh, to plan it out that way. And if she was, good on you, girl. If it wasn't, definitely a great bit of serendipity. Well, let's uh, be honest, Bob may have been that smart. Because <laughs> you know he helped her get ready. I, well, <laughs> oh, gosh. You know that bitch was, was making sure that she was right and tight and ready to go for the for this challenge. Oh, yeah. Um. So, on the flip side, oh, my only other thing that I, I want to point out is Trinity, that was not a veil. There was tool on yeah. her head, and there was a train. That was a train. It was a train tied. Her Alexis Mateo plancha. Her Alexis Mateo plancha was not a a a veil also, by any stretch of the imagination. Was Trinity? Was that a Golden Girls reference? Like, wasn't that Blanche's wedding dress? It was maybe. No, I know. I maybe two. Was it a reference? Yes, to Blanche wore a red, but it didn't have a train. It was um, well, short, yeah. like it was just below the knee. Yeah, but that was because uh, that was like it wasn't that episode where she came out. She's like, "I did it! I hit my my weight! I put my dress on!" And then she turns around she and turns it's like around and it split. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, I would, um, I would like to give. Trinity credit for a Golden Girls reference, but I kind of doubt it was. Yeah, I, I don't know if if it was. Um, so now that we've gotten that out of the way, who were some of your standouts for this runway? Um, Raj's look was really cool, although the the ruching on the fabric that just kind of seemed to be stuck on was weird. Um, but the the look overall was fantastic. The one that I thought was uh, the one that was my favorite was Evie's. I don't know why, but I love that look. And I frankly, agree. she she took off the like big veil that she walked down in and had a weird like beaded thing under it that I didn't think she needed. No, no, but I love the bohemian chic, uh, almost poncho like look. And it yep. was immaculate. It's stoned. It was gorgeous. You know, that I love the to weigh a hundred pounds. Oh yeah. 
Oh, for sure. I and I love the bead, um, like the bead curtain veil, which eh, maybe is a little on the 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 borderline of whether or not a veil. Sure. But I think from a fashion standpoint, I think it worked. It was close. But then, yeah, that big chunky like turquoise stone thing that just did not look nearly as polished as everything else she was wearing. She did not listen. But I thought her look was stunning. Yeah. Take one thing off, Evie. <laughs> <laughs> and please be that chunky uh, stone yes. thing on your face. Um, Shay's, I think, was a gorgeous look that I also think falls in that category of that's not a veil. It's like a beekeeper something. <laughs> that I, Having said that, I think Hers looked a lot better moving than it would in a picture. Actually, let me find it. Yeah. Because the, the the flow on that fabric was really cool walking up and down the runway. But then when she stopped, I was kind of like, hmm. Yeah, where I feel the opposite about Raja's. I loved Raja's dress. And I think in a still photo with that back piece, the, the quote unquote magazine cover, stationary and like flat i think would have been fabulous but it lost a little bit of something on the runway moving i still love the dress like yeah i think where you say it was a little awkward like the the ruching of the fabric i think what i took it to be was um on a magazine photo shoot like let's say she was laying down and it was kind of position to look good on a cover okay or or even just like kind of like if she was laying down and the dress was kind of like bunched up a little bit but to make it fashion i feel like that's what the look was going for so it read a little interestingly on the runway but which is why i say that i think it would be gorgeous in a photo i could say that yeah i didn't think about that that makes a lot of sense actually and I, I'm just that's just that was where my head went with it, and I, I'm curious if that was kind of the the thought process for it. Um, but yeah, I think overall this was one of the the runways that I think looks wise was pretty solid across the board. Yeah, regardless of whether or not there was a veil or a cage over their head. Yeah, again, even the worst looks on this runway were still B plus looks. Yeah, yeah. And coming off of the the episode prior, I thought the Spike runway or Spikes on the runway wasn't a really overall strong Yeah, it was a runway. Little yeah, yeah. Um, and then we also get a a pop in, a little pop up number, a little tip spot from uh Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. Speaker of the House out and my representative. Oh, Yes, all right. Coming and out telling y'all to vote. Mm-hmm. She is in her 80s and was wearing higher heels than any of those queens on the stage. Mm-hmm. Because she only needed to walk out there, give her speech, and then walk back off. <laughs> she had her fair. flats in the car. That's fair. She said, if I'm going to walk the main stage of RuPaul's Drag Race, I'm getting high heels. But listen, that's better than, well, I mean... Yeah, my heels haven't... I don't think my heels have ever been that high when I've been in drag, so... Props to you, Mama. 
I think the one time I did try heels, which I was surprisingly good at walking in, which is surprising because I'm bad at walking in general. Um, <laughs> I think they were about that high, but it was an experiment that could have gone horribly wrong. Um. So after heaping praise on all the queens and some deliberations where there was still more praise being heaped to everybody, we find out that our top two all-stars of the week getting not... Oh, we did, how did I not mention this when we were talking about RuPaul's outfit? The big twist, the big gag of this episode was that the top two not only earn a legendary, 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 legendary star, but they get a second one. Not for themselves. No, no. But a charity star that they can give to whoever they want. Which is a gag, because this could really shake up the way the competition is uh, playing out so far. There are, are two queens with no stars when we go into this judging. And nobody has two. So if you are playing the numbers game, getting this twist um, has to send your mind into kind of a tizzy. Yeah. I I would not be shocked if stars start coming into play in more things or there are more ways to get stars. I because agree. we're about halfway through because the last episode, the 12th episode of this uh, season is the Lip Sync Smackdown. So we only have 11 episodes where the queens are earning stars. Right. And we don't have that many out. That's At true. the end of this, we only have like there's one now one queen, to your point. After this, the top two are announced as Jinx Monsoon and Raja. Jinx now is the first queen to cross the two-star threshold. It's her third win, second star. And now the only queen without a star is Evie Oddly. Right. Who will almost certainly get one of the charity stars. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do we know if Which... they can both give their star to the same person? Well, I'm assuming that they're going to go one after the other, and I don't think anybody would be silly enough to give two stars to one person. Oh, see, I disagree. I think if you are giving out your star, you give it to Evie if you go first. I think if you go second, you still give your star to Evie if that's allowed. Because you want to give the girl who has not gotten a star yet the biggest leg up. Otherwise, you're giving somebody who has already won a challenge their second star. I mean, you are not incorrect in thinking this way. That is a that is definitely a way to think about it. The flip side to that, though, is what if she catches fire and now you're staring down the barrel of a lip sync smackdown for the win against Evie Oddly and you gave her stars that got her to the ball? Yeah, considering that Evie Oddly somehow won this lip sync, even though she wasn't one of the top two. That you're probably right that that would be a bad idea, but you have the same, like, there are a few different lip sync assassins in this group, so you kind of are taking that risk with whoever you give the star to. And yeah. Just, oh, work, you're absolutely uh, right. Evie is doing the worst right now. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I can, I, you know, when you were saying that, I was like, the first thing that came into my mind is, is it's come up in the conversation, in conversations online and pit stop and things that I've, I've read and listened to where it's like, okay, well, EB is a, you know, is a one hell of a lip syncer, but yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, she has not really excelled. She's done well, but not gotten to that point where she has been a top two queen. Right. So, which yeah, that'd be interesting. That will make that will be the thing that makes me throw my phone through my television is if Jinx kills this whole competition and then loses the lip sync SmackDown. Which I mean, she's only it. lost one lip sync in her Drag Race career so far because she's had three, <laughs> <laughs> and one of them technically was just the the final lip sync of the season, and then she was crowned at the at the finale. Right. Like this is not. Oh, Jinx then technically Jinx. four. Uh, after this episode, there are four. Yeah, three this season. Wait, no. So, um, Malambo number five, the final lip sync of season five. Oh, you're um, right. Five after this episode, because she's lip sync. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Because um, uh, that was that was the kind of the the joke was when Vivian won. It, it was like she was the first person to ever beat Jinx in a lip sync. Because you had, she beat Detox, she won season five with that last lip sync, which, I mean, wasn't for the lip sync, but whatever. And right. then um, her run here so far in uh, in, in All-Star 7. So, speaking of the lip sync, the song is Better in Color by Lizzo. Circling back to the beginning, my introduction oh, to you. My uh, so, yes, I did recently see Lizzo in concert. If you get a chance, do it. Totally. Oh, yeah. Um, That said, could you have picked a worse song for these two queens? Wait, did we say who the two queens are? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Jinx and Raja. Jinx and Raja. Um, So what I will say is this was like watching your mom and your drunk aunt do a lip sync. (laughs) Yeah. It was... It was just awkward, the whole thing. Not to mention the Buffalo Bill-style what poor soul did Jinx skin for whatever she was wearing for the lip sync. Uh, I, mm, mm. Yeah. I will stand by my... I, I was talking to the boys yesterday, and I stand by my assumption that Raja did not even try for this lip sync at all. Like, did not care about winning this lip sync I in think the slightest. Right. I'm not exactly sure what the strategy was there on Raja's part. You win, you get a star. Or, no, I'm sorry. Well, you, you place top two, you get a star, you're safe from being blocked. Done. Yeah. If you win the lip sync, yes, you get ten grand. Or ten thousand doll hairs, but you also have to block somebody, and your game gets either revealed, or it's a it's a potentially negative impact on your social game. If you're top two and you don't win the lip sync, you don't have to block anybody, and you can't get blocked. So I will agree with you on paper, because from a strategy, if this were Survivor, that would make total sense. Nobody seems to be holding the blocks against the other girls, though. Well, I mean, 
Vivian made a comment at the beginning of this episode that comes back to bite her ear in the British ass where hey. she said, okay. the person I wanted to block last time was the person I couldn't block. And I tell <laughs> you, regardless of how disgusting that outfit was that she lip synced in and how much of your drunk aunt she looked like, Jinx wanted to win this. Oh, yeah. And I guarantee you there was no doubt in her mind to go over and block the Vivian. I I 100% agree. And Vivian made like the quintessential survivor mistake. Like that was unprompted. It served her in no way to say that. Just say it in a confessional, but don't say it in the room. Yeah. Yeah. I I do not know what was going through her mind that made that come out of her mouth. Mm Mm-mm. Not at all. And I, Chris and I were sitting there watching it on uh, on Friday, and they played that 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 clip, and I turned to him and I said, "And she gets blocked at the at the end of this episode, not right. having read anything about it, not no, but literally like we've watched enough reality television or unscripted television to know this edit. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. when you're like, I'm not going to get blocked because I'm going to be in the top two for the rest of the competition." Cut to the end of the episode with the plunger being handed to her. You're right. Because that was the quote that was the button that gave it away. Not not her saying oh, yeah. it in the first place, but her saying, well, she won't get a chance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. That was 100% the edit telling you right from the get-go, this person is getting blocked in this episode because we're including this piece. They said it, and we're going to include it because this is how this goes. But also, just the way this season has gone, she had a 50-50 chance of getting blocked. Regardless. Yeah. yeah. But I think Jada's... Jada, for as not under the radar as Jada is, Jada is still under the radar. <laughs> like, it's so weird. But I think there might have been a chance for Jada to be blocked if Vivian had not said that about Jinx. Yeah. But as soon as she opened her mouth and said, well, I would have, the person I wanted to block couldn't be, sealed her fate. As soon as Jinx had that plunger in her hand and was able to assign it to somebody, Vivian was getting it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. my, My conspiracy theorist brain says... She might have been in the top two if she hadn't made that, and production made sure that Jinx had the opportunity to block her because they had that footage. I still don't think her set was strong, although I agree. She did say on Twitter, Viv did say on Twitter that they left the best parts on the cutting room floor of her her speech. So maybe, maybe, maybe it was a little bit a little bit better and there was a possibility i don't know blame it on the edit girl blame it on the edit i heard that this is the end (laughs) i uh, i've only heard clips of it um bring back my girls where they at i still haven't listened to that whole song but i enjoy that so much more yeah uh and it takes me back to you know jada winning her her title over a zoom call (laughs) Oh, poor Jada. It's okay. <laughs> poor J- Look over there. Close left. Um, <laughs> <laughs> leave meeting. Oh, goodness. So we've reached the end of this episode. Next week is a girl group challenge. So that will definitely be something to watch. 
um and maybe a little bit of uh a ptsd for for viv from uk season one and losing her group girl group challenge but we'll see uh but before we wrap this up i've got to ask you the question i ask everybody who are your top two for all-star season seven obviously jinx and going into this, I would have said Monet because she, I just love Monet. As the season has gone on, she's faded into the background a little bit for me. So the second spot is kind of a toss up in my mind, but I am rooting for Raja. Okay. Come on, Roger. Just because she's not. I, I, I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed Raja on this season. I didn't always love Raja on season three. I think Raja is a fucking delight. I agree. On this season. I think she's grown up and there's no more of that mean girls, Heather's boogers, stupidity that they just rammed down your throat in season three. I I really do, do enjoy Raja this season. She would be somebody that I would want to see up there. Um, I mean, I'm still, you know, my home slices, Monet and Jinx are, are still the two people ab- above and beyond that I'm just, I'm, I'm rooting for, for this season. I have ties to both of them. Like they go back a while and I, I just, yeah. Well, and I'm excited and to keep seeing them do it. It's nice to have a season where there's nobody that I would be mad to see in the top. Well, maybe one. But but for the most part, any of these girls, you couldn't argue that they didn't deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. There's only one person I'd be mad if they, they won. But anywho. I think we may be on the same page there. <laughs> I mean, for different reasons. You know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, dear listeners, thank you so much for hanging out with us on this episode. We hope that you have enjoyed our recaps this season so far. We still have uh, just over half a season left. More guests coming your way. More drag goodness. More uh, bald, no drag having knowledge asses. Um triggered we will not have santino rice on on the the show i, I promise you that but, oh i thought that was directed at me <laughs> no no no. I, I was trying to remember Alyssa's uh read of santino <laughs> i mean it applies uh, but <laughs> well we like you so that's different and i didn't go uh, after i left drag race oh <laughs> uh, i mean you know no. but we'll be back you'll hear more from us next thursday with our next recap uh we've got a new episode of flame on uh our pop culture roundup coming out tomorrow and that depending on when you're listening to this and then uh yeah more goodness coming your way so check us out online flameonshow.com patreon.com forward slash flame on show and until next time y'all peace Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop 
dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.